Yes, guys, welcome back to episode 18 of the Josh Hardman Perspective podcast. Um, today is going to be another guest podcast. Um, going to be based around mastering the mind and talking about work ethic and potentially um, discussing many reasons why I believe people are just not working to the level that they're capable of. And I think it leaves questions unanswered in terms of people's potential and realizing that they are probably working at 40% of their actual output. Um, but let's get started with the introduction. So I am going to let you listen to my guest. He's going to tell you a little bit about himself, maybe a little bit about what he's doing in his in his life, and then we'll get we'll get started with a bit of an icebreaker. So over to Jack. I'm going to let you uh, I'm going to let you listen to Jack. Oh, no pressure then. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name's Jack. I'm well, long long time friend of Josh's. I am a I suppose you could say entrepreneur. I wouldn't like, I don't really like giving myself that title, but I suppose I am. I've got my own little sort of startup business, which has been uh, just under a year, just under a year old now. Um, a sports media business. Um, and yeah, that is pretty much me at the moment. That is, that is life under uh, life in this pandemic, shall we say. Um, so we went to school together and we actually also went to the same um, university, what do you want to call it, university, because we was on different courses, weren't we? So it was like, we was, was in the same kind of, how would you, how would you say it? Um, so basically uh, we went to... Educational space. Yeah, just, um, call it just went, we just went down different paths. So I went down the football coaching route. Um, I'm not actually doing that, but... Besides the point, what route did you go down and are you currently still doing that now? Uh, so I went down the sport, sports business and marketing route. Um, and to answer that, am I still on it? Yes, sort of. I have a nine to five, which is based in marketing, but completely different industry, but pays the bills at the end of the month. And I also then have my sports media sort of startup on the side. So technically, yes, I am still kind of on the path but more in the sort of the entrepreneurial space of doing my own thing as opposed to kind of what everybody else did which was you know find a job within sports and stick at it so with the with the nine to five is that just to kind of facilitate some funds so that when you are obviously ready to give the go ahead with the business full-time you can kind of go and do that once you're financially free if that makes sense yeah yeah that's exactly it, it was obviously coming out of university and needing to, you know, situation at home and stuff like that and needing to to help out and things like that, obviously being well, 21 at the time, uh, 22 by the time I got I got working in there. Um, yeah, and it's just, it, I'm very lucky in the sense as well, actually, that my, my, day, my day job employers are very, um, what's the word? They're pretty sound with me doing this thing on the side because they know what it's, it's what I want to do and they're happy to sort of facilitate me you know and allow me to do it um on the side because they know that they get more out of me if they also help me on the side if that makes sense so yeah yeah of course um how are you with the whole lockdown situation are you blessed are you grateful are you fed up frustrated annoyed um do you know what it's probably 
a mixture of all of those things you've just said because I've, obviously now this has been going on for well it's nearly it's a year isn't it pretty much um and it's been a, a like a it's a roller coaster of emotions isn't it i think i quite enjoyed the first lockdown because obviously the weather was good you could get outside you know and it was quite it was quite nice to start off with and then obviously the longer it's gone on the more it's been like mm, not really enjoying this as much um, but no i'm incredibly blessed i'm incredibly grateful um you know that you know touchwood so far no one no one close to me has been affected by it whatsoever so it's been you know i've been incredibly lucky in that sense and i've been thinking about this a lot recently actually the the lockdown and the pandemic it is it is what it is there's nothing that i can do about it you know there's no if i was some sort of superhero who could stop it instantly tomorrow then obviously i would but i'm not so one thing i've always well been focusing on for a long time is controlling the controllables so all, all i do is focus on what i can control so I, I can't do anything about the pandemic or anything like that but what i can control is my mindset on a day-to-day my you know my work ethic and the things that i can control so you know looking after family and all those sorts of things just focusing on them and that seems really to have kind of kept me in a pretty positive state throughout it all a pretty optimistic state as well don't get me wrong, there's been days where it's a bit, bit like, you know, and the motivation has waned, especially in this, what what is this now, the third one, where obviously you're in the winter months, it's dark, there's not as much daylight, it's just a little bit grim and depressing. But, you know, keeping those keeping those basics in place and just focusing on those, the few things that I can control has been, you know, the way to get through each single day. Yeah, 100%. I'm totally with you on that one. And another thing, just before we properly get started, is I feel like we live in a society where we're drawn by the negatives, um, heavily dependent by the news. Um, And what what I've been saying to people recently is like, as long as your family are okay, as long as everyone's alive, happy, healthy, like you never, obviously we've had this three times around, but you're never going to get this kind of longevity of time where the world's kind of come to a, a halt, if you want to call it, you know, you've got time to work on, let's say your finances, your relationships, your business, maybe the way you speak to people, maybe your mental health, your physical health, X, Y, Z. And even if you can just come out of this lockdown, having only gained maybe a, a 5% difference, a 10% difference, or maybe you come out of it a different person, but whatever it is, I just feel like you should, um, like you've just said, control the controllables, do what you can and ultimately come out having having done something about it, if if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's negative news sells. It's why it's why that's all that the news talk about. Everything's negative. There's always they might finish on a little positive note, but the main stories every single day are negative. And that's when you constantly consume that every single day there's no surprise and no wonder that your sort of mindset and outlook on life becomes that negative as well. You know, like we had those, we had those daily briefings, didn't we? In the first lockdown where every single day it was like this many people have got it, this many people have died and all these things. And you're like, and to start off with, I was watching it every single day because there were lots of changes happening. You know, all the rules were changing. And then I was like, I'm just not, I'm not going to watch it. What's <laughs> It's just, it's absolutely, it's dragging me down every single day. And you, you can feel it sort of slowly consuming you, can't you? And consuming your thoughts. It's like, 
there's no point putting yourself through it. I'm uh, I'm totally on that side. I actually tell most of my clients and people that I speak to on a daily basis, I do not consume the news, nor do I read the news, nor do I look at anything to do with the, the current state of the world. Just because most of the stuff that you hear, most of the stuff you see, it's not stuff that you want to uh, you want to consume because it's not the news that you want to hear. So without further ado, let's change the vibe and let's get started. So mastering the mind and work ethic, what does it mean to Jack Lennon? In a, in well, a my, nutshell, in a nutshell. Well, mindset's everything, isn't it? It is the sort of the number one starting point, starting block, whatever you want to call it. That is the point where everything else in your life then blossoms from. So like we've just been, literally been talking then about the, you know, the media and having a negative mindset about, you know, about what's going on at the moment. That starts from within, so if you've got a negative mindset and your initial outlook on the day is, oh, everything's a bit crap, everything else you then that then happens during that day is tinged by that outlook you've got. So mind, mindset's everything. And then your work ethic is, is what backs up that mindset in a way. So you might have this, I don't know, you might have goals in life that you want to achieve, but your your work ethic has to match it. You know, it's it's actions over words isn't it you know make because there are so many people who will talk and talk and talk i'm going to do this i'm going to start this what do you think about me starting this and like come back when your actions are matching the words and you're actually doing it because everybody can talk you can talk about even on the you know bring it further down the scale you talk about like I want to go, I want to go and visit this country. I want to go and do this new hobby or I want to start the gym. You know, if we're talking like your world and being a PT and stuff, I want to get healthier. I want to get fitter. You have to do it. You know what I mean? You have to, your actions have to then back up those things that you're saying. I feel like there's almost got to be something inside you. It's it, it's not just the external. So, for example, someone who doesn't like the, the way they look, it's got to be a little bit more deeper than that because, you know, when it's raining outside, when it's cold, when you've been working all day, there's got to be a, there's, there's got to be something internal that's, that's inside. That's kind of be, it's almost going to give you the push to be like, you know, if you fuck this workout off today, you'll probably do that tomorrow. And then you'll probably do it again the next day and again, the next day and again, the next day. And then before you know it, you've had two weeks off the gym, you know, you're binge eating, you're eating shit, you're not looking after yourself. And then it's just a, it's just a downward cycle from there. But yeah, it's the snow, it's the snowball effect, isn't it? So one day off seems all right, but then in the grand scheme of things, when one day turns into two to four to a couple of weeks, it's then that bigger impact, isn't? isn't um, so yeah, I know what you mean about is having that something internal that is that drives you a little bit more than than just saying I want to get better at something. You know, Simon Sinek talks about in Start With Why about having that reason that's deeply rooted in whatever you are doing that is the reason you get up every day and do whatever it is that you're trying to, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, whether it's, you know, starting a business or it's your, if your fitness goals or whatever. Having that reason and that being your basis for why you do it. Because like you say, if you get wake up one morning, it's, you're tired, you can't be asked. it's raining, you know, you need to go out for a run or something. 
it's very easy to find excuses not to do it. But if that reason within you is strong enough, none of those external factors matter. Well, the thing is of excuses, you know why people make excuses? Because it's fucking easy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Excuses are always easier than putting in the work. So, and also excuses live within your comfort zone. It's your part of your, it's your ego, isn't it? Saying, yeah, we're not going to, let's not run today. It's raining. It might be a bit slippy. You know, let's, let's not do it. Or, you know, like one donut, that won't hurt. All those sorts of things. When it then becomes that battle, doesn't it, between you and sort of the voice in your head saying, let's not do it. You get it in, when you're doing a workout, don't you? Where, or if you, let's say you're on a, you know, I'm going to run 10K and you get to about four or 5K and, you, and all of a sudden that voice in your head going, well, your legs are hurting. Maybe we should stop, you know, or you're getting out of breath now and it's, you know, you can feel it and you're like, that's when you have to then override that, that little voice in your head because that little voice can very easily win. It's almost like you're fighting with a chimp inside and you have to, if you master your mind, you can, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. But what I was going to say is something that I have kind of swore by at the moment is the, the uncomfortable pain of change has to outweigh the pain of staying the same. Otherwise nothing will happen. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the argument, isn't it? Of long-term versus short-term it's long-term success for short-term sacrifice. So you doing your, your workouts, which you've got set, maybe you've got like four, four weeks or whatever it is. Short term, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt like fuck at times. But the long-term success that pays off six months or a year down the line, when you look at yourself in the mirror, say, or somebody comments on the big change that you've made, that's what you're working towards, isn't it? As opposed to, yes, this morning's workout hurt like hell, but... I know that six months or 12 months down the line, it's all going to be worth it. And you have to be able to sort of detach yourself from reality and from that exact moment and look at that, look at that point further down the line. And I think that's hundred percent transparent as well, because if you look at people like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, if they, if they were to, to, to only think of the short term, they wouldn't be where they are now and they wouldn't have projected their reputation to where it is now as well. So it's just it just shows the importance of not only not only nailing the short term fundamentals, but making sure that you're in it for the long term and your why kind of propels you on a on a upwards trajectory to kind of get you in a long term position that your short term has kind of helped you to get there, if that makes sense. Yeah, well it's it's the it's the basic day-to-day stuff, isn't it? That you're doing the basics right every single day because there is a balance between short term and long term. So you might have that long term thinking of I'm going to make I'm going to build this company, it's going to be worth X amount and all this sort of thing or whatever. But your day-to-day actions have to match it. So it's that thing, you know, as we've just mentioned about actions versus words. So long-term thinkers can be very just talkative or I'm going to do this and, you know, I'm going to I'm going to build this company and we're going to sell it for X amount and then I'm going to live in the Bahamas and it's going to be great. But your day-to-day has to match it, has to match that vision for you to be able to make that step. You're not just going to wake up one, one day and be like, oh, I've got this company, it's worth all this money, like I can now live the life that I want. Every single day has to be 
working towards that step after step, even if it's the smallest step in the world, it doesn't matter as long as it's a step forward. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm totally with you on the, uh, on the kind of the ethos behind your thinking, but what I was going to kind of, uh, I was going to ask you a question and it is going to be, have you ever heard of the 40% rule and what do you think of it? And I'm is pretty sure, a... I'm pretty sure you have. Okay. I'll give you a bit more context. So Go on then. Try, try, try and stick with me on this one. Um, okay. So a Navy SEAL secret to mental toughness is the 40% rule. When your mind is telling you, you are done, you best believe you're, you best believe you are really only 40% done. This was their way of forcing the mind to become comfortable with the uncomfortable truths life presents. They also use this to find the baseline and comfort zones within each and every individual. Uh, does that come from our friend, uh, Mr. David Goggins? Certainly does. Yeah. Um, David Goggins, both for one, if you've not read, it, read or listened to his book, uh, Can't Hurt Me, then stop this right now. Go and listen to it. Come back. It might take you about 10 hours if you're listening to it because it's a lot, it is a long audio book. But he also does a podcast within it and it's class. It's probably the number one audio book that I would recommend to anybody. Um, the idea around the 40% mindset, or the, you know, we're only working 40% of what we're truly capable of, it's been around for a while, hasn't it? Because you see it in, um, what's the film called? Is it Limitless by Bradley Cooper? Uh, where they talk about you only are working at somewhere between 20 to 40% of your actual brain power. And there's, we are capable of so much more. Um, and it basically, it comes down to, doesn't it? Um, your comfort zone, because you just very, very easily can just, you know, tootle along at 40% and not have to really exert too much effort to do it. Cause you're just literally just going through the motions every single day. And I do think that most people are living at 40%, if not well less than that, because we always do what is comfortable. It's, you know, our, the ego within us likes that. And it is, it takes that switch within your mindset, doesn't it? To say, no, we're going to push more. We're gonna, we are going to see what's possible. It's like when you, um, if you have listened or watched uh, any of the David Goggins on YouTube, he actually mentions how when he does these ultra marathons, these Ironmans, these crazy hundred mile races, these times when, you know, he's got broken feet, he's got, you know, broken shins and it is his mind saying, you know, you're not going to stop. And he's like, no, let's fucking go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. You know, my, I'm going to, I'm going to force my body to be used to this. This is going to be the new norm. And I feel like that kind of mindset obviously is, is on the extreme level, but I feel like that kind of mindset and that kind of influence on people, um, you can help people get to a position where comfortable things are very um, uncommon, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's, um, you know, the, the human body is capable of incredible things, like more than most people are able to wrap their head around. Um, you know, you've, you can go for 30 days without food, you can go for three days without water. But because we live in this society where everything's on tap and we can get it straight away, you're always like, as soon as you feel hunger, everyone's like, I'm starving. Well, you're not because you can go 30 days without food. You know, the human body is 
capable of so many incredible things. Like it's just that little voice in your head and your, your ego saying, let's not, let's, let's stay comfortable. You know, you see stories, don't you? Of, um, when a car crash happens and there's a, a child trapped underneath it and a woman or a man has somehow, you know, like has incredible strength and they flip the car over. That's just a human body. It's nothing else. It's ca- we as humans are capable of so much that, you know, we don't even know. Um, but it's that it comes back to that thing, doesn't it? That we are just living in this little, little easy bubble where, you know, we don't have to exert any effort or anything like that. And, you know, I, you get it sometimes when you go, when you go out for a run or you're doing say like a cardio exercise or something that's tough. Joe Rogan talks about, there's a video on YouTube where he talks about him versus his inner bitch where basically it's the voice in his head saying this hurts let's stop and he said basically i was i've i want to go to war with my inner bitch every single day so i can get to, i want to get to the point in a workout to say where it's hurting and my body i'm you know the, the voice in my head's going we should stop because this this isn't fun that's when it's time to go to war with yourself and i think that's really really interesting in the sense that if you can master the conversation you have in your head with the little voice that says, let's stop doing this. That's when you really start to push yourself. And also you slowly start to see what's possible. I think it starts to unlock so many avenues and opportunities as well, because like you just said, I feel like, a lot of people are just on like autopilot slash cruise control, just kind of sat back, hands on your head, nice and relaxed, nice and comfortable. Um, it's going to sound quite bizarre, but like if you were to put it in the context of my field, so the gym, for example, has got many kind of cardio equipment, um, assault bikes, treadmills, that kind of stuff. If you put yourself on an assault bike, I said to you, right, you're going to go as fast as you can for 30 seconds. After 15 seconds, you're already saying, oh, I can't do it. It's too hard. Oh, I really want to stop. That's when you need to go, right, full throttle. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's get to 30 seconds. Then when you get to 30 seconds, right, let's go again. Let's go 10 more. Whereas I feel like people, like you just said, are willing to stop when it when it gets uncomfortable, willing to stop when it hurts, and almost willing to stop just when it suits them. Yeah, well, it's a... It's that it's a short-term win, isn't it? In a way, if you stop during a workout because your body's going, all oh, this hurts, and then you go, oh no, I feel good now, I've stopped. But you're not made the progress. Whereas if you just keep pushing it every single day, a little bit more, a little bit more. I think one of my biggest kind of irks, in a way, is that um, some people, a lot of people, try and take too many big steps too soon. You try and run before you can walk. And if you look at, say, a big goal of, say, of, I want to start running, so I'm going to, I'm going to run, I'm going to do the Manchester 10K. You try and then go out and run 10K straight away, absolutely end up blowing out your ass after five minutes. You've got shin splints and your body, you know, your legs are going, what the fuck are you doing? And then you give up running because it's too hard and it hurts too much. Whereas if you just do the incremental things and just do a kilometre at first or a little bit and then a little bit more, you actually get into us, you know, into the the feeling of enjoying it. And it's the same as you talking then with that example of being on an assault bike. 
just don't get on it and go, I'm going to do five minutes as hard as I can and then go, and then, you know, you're on your ass after 30 seconds. It's the worst thing you've ever done. Just do the 30 first, then the 10 and just break it down into those little steps because you actually end up going a lot further than you realize. It's one of my favorite quotes is baby steps are all right because there's still steps forward. And he, and eventually when you look back, baby steps cover a long way. And it's better doing those and taking those little steps every single day as opposed to trying to do, you know, trying to run 30 miles straight away because you'll always beat that person if you're just taking a single step every single day. Yeah, and I think I can apply that to like, there's always a situation when someone's kind of let themselves go. They've, they've, they've kind of put a foot ton of weight on, maybe two, three stone. And then they'll get into a position where it's like, right, I'm going to lose loads of weight. I'm going to stop eating bread. I'm going to stop eating chocolate. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop doing this. And you it's just extreme. like, yeah, you're going to the extreme. You don't need to do all that shit. You just need to decrease the amount of shit you're putting in your mouth in terms of calories. And you need to, you know, expend a bit of energy and get outside. And I feel like, the mindset and the the mental capacity that people have these days is just it's just not enough to the fact that i think people they blame they, they blame the the thing over them themselves so like you've just said then so they'll blame maybe the weight training program or they'll blame the 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 bread they just ate or they'll blame the fact that it was fucking windy outside when they went for a 10k or they'll blame the fact that the computer was being slow that day it's like Maybe maybe you're the maybe you're the you're the issue and not the thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, because there's always a way to circumnavigate around a problem. There's never it's very rare these days that anybody who is sort of just of normal stature is gonna come across a problem that is monumental and will stop them from doing whatever it is they're trying to do. It's, you know, it goes back to before, doesn't it, about excuses and because they're easy so you look at like oh the computer's being slow today so i can't i can't do the work so we'll just do it tomorrow like you find a way to fix it and it's it's just the way that so you everyone has been conditioned by societies everything now is easy you know you you get you can get food delivered on your phone fast food is so easy to to get hold of you know you've got access to so much on your computer so many crap tv shows that just are mind-numbing and to be honest i wouldn't be surprised if it comes out in the study that it actually kills brain cells um but it's that what it is is it is that thing inside your brain isn't it of that um the chemical reaction that it produces and that little end um that little dopamine rush that just keeps you sort of sedated because that's why everyone's addicted to the phones I'm I've like happily admit I'm horrifically addicted to it. Yes, it's a lot of it's work stuff, but every time you get a notification, it's that little dopamine hit. And you just want to keep that's why you keep checking your phone. And it's like that if you can learn to control it and learn, you know, fight against it, you put yourself in so much of a better position. I'm just going to put it out there. Anyone who's addicted like me and Jack on the phone, um, if you go to your settings, uh, if you go to your, your social media apps and just go and do not disturb for every single one of them, that'll change your life. I've been doing it yep. for... I've started doing that. Maybe maybe since, I think it was 
since January, maybe a little bit going into 2020. But what I've started doing as of yesterday as well is if you go to the downtime section of your screen time, I've actually put limits. So my working hours are the only times I can be on social media. So once it gets to what time are we on? Half seven now. So give it another half an hour and social media will not be in use. I can't go on it until I think it's half seven in the morning. And I just find it, it allows me to, to kind of switch off. And the whole mindset thing as well, I think almost being on your phone all the time and the things that you consume on social media as well, that's also, it's also going to affect your mindset because if you're, um, if you're consuming just negative data on Instagram, your energy is going to be contagious in terms of the the people around you, the things that you say, the, the way you think. I don't know. I think social media is what it is. I mean, it's all down to who you follow at the end of the day. I don't, I don't, like I just said before, I think people blame the thing over, over you as a person. I mean, it's all down to who you follow, obviously, because if you don't follow anybody, then you're not going to get a negative vibe off Instagram, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's it's um, cultivating your circle, isn't it? So a lot of people take that for exactly what it is and talk about, you know, your friends that you're surrounded by. But your circle is a lot more than that. It is the things that you consume on social media, so who you follow, all those sorts of things. It is the the media that you consume, you know, what sort of TV are you watching? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? All those sorts of things. And it's a conversation I've seen happening a lot over on social media over the last, it's coming up to, you know, it's probably five years now about these unrealistic um, images that a lot of brands and celebrities post, especially in sort of the, for girls and stuff like that, you know, with unrealistic body types and it, it's sending, it's putting a lot of females into, you know, a negative mindset about this is what I have to look like because Kendall Jenner looks like it. It's not possible. Like, you know, like, oh, why don't I look like Kylie Jenner? It's like, yeah, but that's because she's had a fuck ton of plastic surgery and she can afford it. When you can afford the best plastic surgeons in the world, you can look like whatever you want. But that it comes down to, you'll feel a lot better about yourself if you stop following those people who every time you look at their post make you feel jealous, angry, sad, whatever emotion it is, you stop following them, you'll feel a lot better. A hundred percent. Especially when you factor how much they've spent, you know, you, you um, idolize them, which is completely fine. You can idolize people, but when you, once you start comparing them, it's game over because if you look at the amount of money they've spent and, the, the kind of um, freedom and access to, like you've just said, surgery and this and that. It's just it's just not a good thing to do. And I was actually listening to um, to David Goggins before I actually came on this. And there was something that he mentioned where if you he basically calls like social media and smartphones. He says it's a load of bullshit, which I don't think is that far away from being wrong, to be honest. I think he's actually quite right in what he's saying. But he says, if you put yourself in a dark room and you get rid of all distractions, all smartphones, all TV, that's when you'll find who you are as a person. Well, I think a lot of people have a, a false perception of who they really are because they don't actually know the answer to that question because they are just so heavily influenced by the people who are around them, you know, the people that they follow on social media and stuff like that. They have this they have absolutely zero idea of who they are, what they stand for, all those sorts of things. And 
it's amazing what can happen when you just focus on yourself for six months then everything else off just focus on yourself for six months and watch what happens you know for work unfortunately my life revolves very heavily around social media i would delete a lot of it tomorrow if i could but when it pays the bills can't necessarily do that at the moment um but yeah it's just i think cultivating that circle and that you know the stuff that you consume will make so much of a difference to your outlook on life that it will blow most people's minds it's not an overnight thing like you're not going to stop following somebody you know people tonight and wake up tomorrow and be like life's great this is meant it's not it's going to take two three maybe four months something like that and then all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you're I actually feel quite good. Like it, it's one of those things that happens overnight. I've noticed it recently in my mood over the last week or so, where I think it's to do with obviously getting things in life are going well, getting things on point, you know, the exercise back on point, stuff like that. The, the weather's changed, stuff like that. It's becoming that sort of the kind of the better time of year, isn't it? And you just feel your mood is sort of uplifted slightly. You think, yeah, but it's that thing of, it's those things that we did a month ago, two months ago, when we made those decisions about, you know, cultivating the circle of this is, it's now paying off. And I think the thing with social media is I feel like it defines, it defines who we want to be and not who we are. Um, You know, you see a lot of, a lot of, I almost see social media as, a highlight reel and then when you compare yourself to somebody's highlight reel that's when the the you know the body comparison the body dysmorphia the anxiety the depression the blah 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 the whatever the fuck else that's when it starts to kick in because the thing is somebody's not going to show you their worst bits you know if they wake up in the morning hungover looking like shit they're not going to show you that if they are on their ass homeless on the streets they're not going to show you that well, to be fair, they probably won't have a phone, but you know what I mean. Um, if yeah. somebody is on their ass, you know, financially, they're not got a job, they're not going to show you that. They're only going to show you the bits that they they think you would want to see, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it is. Um, the comedian Jason Manford, it's, this is a really like complete left turn of just a random person to mention, but he, I went to see him on tour years ago and one of the things he mentioned at the end of it he talks because he's a big advocate for mental health and he talks about social media and how sort of toxic it is and he says you you are comparing your full movie to somebody's trailer because in the trailer you only ever see the best bits of a film don't you when you're comparing your day-to-day to just the best bits that people want you to see because like you say no one's posting the crap parts of their life you know the, the people who are your age who just got married and look like the happiest couple in the world are not posting the argument they had last night because they forgot to fill the dishwasher before they went to bed and they had a raging argument about it. They're not posting that because one, it'd be really fucking weird and everyone would <laughs> be like, why are you telling me that? And two, it just doesn't look very good. That's, I'm happy to admit um, that that's something I've struggled with actually a lot um, in in terms of struggling not to compare myself to 
people who are in relationships and stuff like that. I've never really done the relationships thing. It's not my, just not done it. Don't know why it is. Luck, all those sorts of things, whatever you want to call it. It's just not my thing. But when you get to that time of year in the start of February and, you know, Christmas and everyone's posting the, the couple's pictures and stuff like that, you can't help but look at it and go, what am I doing wrong? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you sort of go, why can't I have that? And that's that thing of comparing yourself to those people. Whereas, yeah, they might look happy in that Instagram picture they posted where they post the love of my life and all this shit. It's like, yeah, but you've broken up three times in the past month. So you can't be, do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's again, it's that conversation with a voice in your head, isn't it? Because that's your ego going, you're really lonely, aren't you? And all that shit, you know, and all those sorts of things where you go in, why can't you have that? You must be really fucking ugly because nobody likes you. And you just go, you shut the fuck up for a minute, please. Like, that's not the case. Obviously, it's not. But it's, it, it's that thing, isn't it? That conversation with a voice in your head saying, let's be real for a second. Let's, let's use a bit of common sense and a little bit of logic and just break it down. Because it is so hard to not go on social media and compare yourself to the people where you want to be. You look at it with people who buy nice cars. It's like, you didn't buy that. But you make it out on Instagram like you have. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. There's so many people putting on a front on social media to be to try and impress other people, which is makes my head fall off to be honest because i'm not sure why you value the opinions of others so much yeah i'm totally with you on the whole relationship thing i'm I'm quite like that myself i'm still uh on the market to be fair um I, i'm the same as you <laughs> ladies i'm just i'm, I'm just not <laughs> dms I'm just, are open <laughs> i'm just not willing to go um in and out of relationships i feel when the time's oh, right pointless. Yeah, when the time's right, when the opportunity presents itself, I'm sure it'll happen. However, I think I just love my freedom and the ability to just live life the way I want it with no external output, input, should I say. So, yeah, some people can't survive without having another person attached to them because they say it, like, completes them. It's not a thing. You are a whole person on your own. What Bringing somebody else into your life has to be just an addition to what you already are. You kind of see it, don't you, with people who break up with someone and go jump straight into the next relationship and then straight into the next one, and they just jump from relationship to relationship. But it's because they, they've learned or they've somehow convinced themselves that they can't function without having another person, and they feel it has to, like, sort of prop them up in a way and, you know, be the other half. Like, that's not a thing. You are your own person. And I think you're doing it the right way in waiting for the person who aligns with your morals, your values, your outlook on life, what you want in life further down the line. And it's better to wait for that than it is to just try and keep trying different people, if that makes sense. It's a really weird way of saying it, but like, there's no point trying loads of different things when you could just wait for the right thing. And if it takes you know for it to be you have to be 35 to find them or you have to be 40 to find them or whatever or you meet them tomorrow it doesn't matter because if that is if that's the person who you then spend the rest of your life with and makes you incredibly happy great i would rather do that and wait till 35 than get 
married in a year's time to someone I'm going to get divorced to in four years' time because I can't fucking stand them <laughs> because, it, because it was great at the time and I was lonely and I was desperate. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you wake up one morning three years down the line going, I don't like you. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd rather wait for the real, to the person that who's going to be there from now until, you know, as the marriage rounds goes, until death do us part. So, you know, it's society might fall off at times, to be honest, when I just look at it and go, what the, what the fuck? The thing is with, um, with the whole kind of situation, what we've just been talking about is I, I always say to people, if nobody's giving to me in terms of if they are not providing into my life, like if they're not bringing something to the table, then you can just, you know, you can find the door over there and just walk yourself out of it kind of thing. I mean, you know, let's be honest, whether people in this, uh, whether people that are listening to this podcast are in a couple or not, there is a lot of fucking stale relationships. And I just think to myself, like, would I want to put myself through something like that? I mean, obviously I'm never going to know that until I'm in one, but I'm, I just feel I'm at a stage in my life where, where business and physical health, mental health, stuff like that, that that's what I hold on a pedestal higher than anything else at the moment. And until until something happens, um, obviously it is what it is. Well, I think stale stale relationships are. It comes back to comfort zone, doesn't it? It's comfy. Yes, we argue from time to time, but it's comfy. You know, we've we've got a mortgage together and shit like that. And most people are afraid to take that step outside the comfort zone because they go, "What do I do tomorrow?" When I wake up and that person isn't there, and I have to do things on my own again. A lot of people just can't somehow fathom it i know that um relationships have been compared um to releasing the same sort of chemicals in the brain that drug addictions do so you get that that rush of chemicals um in relationships so that when you actually break up with someone you're getting those same withdrawal symptoms that you would do if you were you know withdrawing from drugs and that's why some people just find you know find breakups so hard but I think if I remember Stephen Bartlett talks about it, who is um, sort of a version of Gary Vaynerchuk in this country, uh, was the M- MD of social chain, one of the biggest social media marketing agencies based in Manchester. Um, and he talks about relationships and um, how a person, how you, the person you should be with should want you to be your number one priority in whatever you're doing. It's like you you talk about, you know, business being good and stuff like that. That person should be a second priority and he's just sort of a, in a way, like a cheerleader and a support system for you doing that. And I think that's the right way of doing it is looking in a way, waiting for somebody who wants you to do the things that you're doing. I think you get those relationships, don't you, where someone, you know, they want to spend all the time with you. And you become sort of a leech in a way, and it's it's not healthy because they're taking you and they're taking you and distracting you from your goals. Whereas you want that person who's going to push you in that direction of what you actually want to do, because in the long term it's going to pay off better. If that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally understand what you're trying to say, and I I almost think it's crazy and bizarre how 
one individual can say, I need this person to make me happy. And in reverse, that person says, I need that person to make me happy. And it's like, what the fuck logic is that? Like you, you both have to come together with your own kind of your own perks, your own happiness, your own life, your own responsibility, your own this, your own that, and you come together. And that's what makes the relationship when you come together as one, not you relying on that person. Yeah. You, you're in charge of making yourself happy. You are number one in your life and that's how it always should be. And that person, when you come together, like you say, should be an addition to being happier together. But if you're apart, you should be sort of equally as happy, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I think we're going a little bit off tangent there, but how have you been like, obviously with the whole kind of, uh, mental toughness and listening to Goggins and podcasts and this and that, how do you feel you have been since that? Like, obviously it's kind of, it's still happening now cause you're always going to consume it, but how are you kind of going now? If that makes sense. Um, like, has there been any changes? Have you been like, whoa, fuck me, I'm getting a lot of shit done. I'm, you know, I'm making this much money or this this is the way my business is going or blah, blah, blah. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the sort of the results have re- revealed themselves as sort of openly as you talk. Like it's, you know, overnight successes aren't a thing and you're not going to wake up all, all of a sudden one day and be like, wow, look at this change. It's what we talked about before, isn't it? day by day, slowly putting those, putting that discipline in place and doing it day after day. And when you get 12 months down the line and you look back, you go, shit, that's a lot. There's a lot of change happened, but you won't, you won't notice it day to day. I'm still incredibly, very, very early in this journey of, you know, what I want to do in life. Um, and it, obviously now if I look back, so we launched our business back in, officially we launched it back in May of last year, in the middle of the first lockdown. And looking at where we've come from then, there's a big change. But we know that there's still so much further to go. And I think the talking about mindset and, you know, consuming content from people like David Goggins and, you know, Jocko Willinks, another, another one, another former Navy SEAL. I kind of, I'm a little bit hit and miss with, those people in terms of I don't consume them all of the time because I you sort of become a little bit um saturated by it and it can be sort of become too much and the message sort of becomes a bit diluted and it doesn't kind of really have the impact that it does. So I now will listen to somebody like that when I can feel myself sort of waning a little bit. And my, you know, but if I'm starting to slip a little bit then I'll, you know, consume a little bit of the content and it's that little bit of kick up the arse going, right, come on, we need to, we need to work. And it's, you know, they talk about motivation not being, not meaning anything. Motivation isn't shit because motivation comes and goes. It's that discipline of doing it every single day or whatever it is you set out to do that week. Um, You know, because of those mornings that we talked about earlier where, you're supposed to get up early and do a workout, but it's, you know, it's nice and warm in bed or you're supposed to go out and do a run, but it's raining. You don't want to do it. That's where the discipline comes in to be able to do it because that's when your motivation gets overridden by your ego and goes, Oh, we're not going to do it today. We'll just do it tomorrow instead. But you have that discipline to say, no, we said we're doing it every single day. So we're doing it every single day. 
I set, I've set challenges every single year. Um, so it was New Year's resolutions, whatever you want to call them, to try and do something and actually complete them every single year. So they're only small things, but I started it, what we are now, three years ago. Um, I wanted to do a daily journal of just kind of what I'm, what I'm feeling every single day. And I'm now, at, I think I'm into, this is my third year doing it. Of, so I've done two years already of every single day. I'm on, let me just look at the calendar, 200 and coming up to 250 days of daily meditation. Um, not nothing major, just 10 minutes every single day. But that was, I wanted to, I want to do it for a year. And that's the challenge that I set myself, but it's that discipline to do it every single day. There are some days where it's been ram busy and all I want to do is get into bed and crash, but I've got stuff to do. I need to do my journal. I need to do my, you know, my daily meditation to make sure that I, cause I don't want to break the streak. And that's actually kind of in a way where it's been quite fun as, you know, setting sort of gamifying it a little bit and making a game out of it going, well, let's see how many, how many days can we do? And slowly the benefits for that have started to pay off. So I start. so when would I have started that? Would have been in the middle of the summer. I think it was June or July. Um, obviously you don't really feel the benefits straight away, but over time as after doing sort of daily meditation, you're like, you can just feel your mood has been a little bit uplifted and you're not not sort of as um, bothered by problems or, you know, things are day-to-day where someone at work's being a bit of a dick. Like, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because I've put in that daily work to work on mindset and stuff like that where not really asked, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, that daily discipline to do every single day. And I would honestly put it that sort of doing a daily journal and a daily meditation as pretty much got me through this whole pandemic and this whole lockdown because I'm able to just brain dump everything at the end of the day and I can sleep really well because of it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I am probably definitely, yeah, I'm on the same wavelength as you in that regard. And what I also feel is if, if you think about it, like if everybody now who's listening to this just completely stops what they're doing and they just listen and really listen carefully is how many people do more than one thing? No. How many people try and do more than one thing every day? And they either say, I can't be asked getting out of bed. I can't be asked having a shower. I can't be asked going for a run. I can't be asked working out. I can't be asked doing the dishwasher. I can't be asked doing this. Can't be asked doing that. It almost becomes a, it almost becomes a pattern. And if you can't be asked doing the simple things, how is that then going to reflect the, the, the work life, your relationships, your mental health, your physical health? Cause that, like you've just said, it's like, this whole comfort zone is a nasty place in my, in my opinion. I mean, from my, from my perspective, the job I do, you know, walking on a gym floor and going to speak to somebody you've never seen before, you've never spoken to before, you've never had any conversation with, you walking up to a random person and asking how they are. That, that, that is something that I find is very uncomfortable. However, I'm forcing myself to make it comfortable 
because if I don't make it comfortable, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay the same as I am. And the pain of changing needs to outweigh the pain of staying the same. Yeah. Well, the, you know, your comfort zone is a lovely place, but nothing ever good happens there. You know, it's, it's it, comfort zone is so it's nice. It's cozy. It's warm, but staying in your comfort zone for the rest of your life, you're not really going to do anything. And, you know, you talking then about if you can't be asked doing the dishwasher and doing how you do the little things. One of my favorite lines that always seems to pop into my head at times is how you do anything is how you do everything in the sense that, so yes, you can do the big things in your life, but if you're not acting day to day and doing the little things, you're not going to end up where you want to be. You know, it's, it's basic things. Like if you're walking down the hall and there's a piece of rubbish on the floor, pick it up, put it in the bin, how you do those small things, are how you then do the big things in your life you know do it with do it with intention and do it with purpose and you know we talked you mentioned then about not being able to get out of bed in the morning you know you can't be asked getting out of bed um there's one there's a video and i'll send it to you after this actually which you can post with this in the in the in the link which is a speech from an admiral in the US Navy where he talks about making your bed in the morning and making that the first win of the day. I think um, I've seen this one. I think I've yeah, seen you this probably one. Have, you probably have. It's all over Instagram. It's everywhere, if you, especially if you follow sort of the, the business and the motivation pages. But he talks about that being, that's the first win of the day. Get up, make your bed. Because then you that then makes you want to do the next thing, you know, and then the next thing. And it goes on and on and on. And it's just, it's a really interesting and a really good video actually where he talks about it and he's, I think he finishes it off by saying that and at the end of the day when you get home and you've had a really good day you've got a nice made bed to get into and I think it's just it's those little things isn't it do those small things because we talk we've talked tonight about sort of the negative things snowballing and eventually you know you end up in a you know in a, in a bad place but the positive things also snowball as well because you're going to build them day by day as well. So doing those little things every single day and you know having that discipline is going to put you in a better position six months, a year, two years from now, as long as you do the things today and the things tomorrow that you set out to do. I think it's the sense of accomplishment as well. Um, and I feel like us as humans, are, well, I don't know about everyone, but I'm... I'm more inclined that we are best off suited to using pen and paper when I make a to-do list or anything that I need to do during the day. I write it down on pen and paper because one, I can see it. Two, it's there. I've made a statement. And three, if I was to make a to-do list on my phone, you best believe it's not going to get done because I can't see it. I'm consumed by social media. I'm consumed by everything else. And it's about having the, having the, I, I hate using motivation, so I'm going to fuck that off. You have to have the resilience, you have to have the, you know, the mindset and you have to have the ability to actually want to do the thing that you want to do anyway, if that makes sense. You know, everyone's, everyone's, uh, they're all sat there in the comfort zone saying, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to do this. I want to go there. I want to achieve this. But in the grand scheme of things, you've got to have the, you know, you need to have the tabs open in the background to enable you to go and do something like that. If that makes sense, you need to have the, the, you almost have to have the things there in the background and the things there that are accumulating each day, each week, each month, each year that are going to allow you to go and do the thing that you want to do. 
one the i was well for a long time guilty of indulging in conversations with people about this is what we're going to do and we're going to do with these things you know talking about different things that you want to do in life i've now just got one answer when somebody because i'm doing my own business thing now you know people i've had conversations with people saying oh you're doing your own thing i've had an idea for this my only answer ever now is nothing changes if nothing changes i've used that one myself which i just i am i use it all the time because you can talk you can talk for england about i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that we'll put the work in make sure that that work backs it up if you if you you know somebody comes to you as a client as a you know as you, as you being a pt and saying i want to lose weight right so are you you've got to put the work in to be able to achieve those goals that you set out you know nothing changes if nothing changes so if your diet doesn't change or your output in terms of exercise doesn't change don't expect to see any changes in a month three months six months time and it's my favorite answer for everything now it's the only answer i'll ever give because i'm not i've got too much to do to indulge in those conversations if that makes sense i'll have those conversations if another person's serious and they've got the a little bit of work to show for it but that's my answer nothing changes if nothing changes so do something it doesn't matter what it is and it doesn't matter how big or small it is just do something well i mean you can't go wrong with nike they're a multi-billion pound company and they say just do it so yeah just do yeah. it even if even if that's the motto you have to take you know that's your you know that's what you want the phrase you use every single day to power you through your workout or whatever it is just do it because i always as well when we're having conversations about work and what we're what we want to do next or we've spoken to some big names in the sports industry and we're always you know you talk about sending like a cold email or a cold dm on social media why not that's my answer is to everything why not because the worst that can happen is the person says no and, or they might not know, even see it. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's not the end of the world. Like, Of course. If So we had um, one of our early ones was uh, Hayley McQueen, who is a presenter on Sky Sports News. Massive following, like 400,000 followers on Twitter and 300,000 on Instagram, something like that. Shouldn't be speaking to us whatsoever when she followed us when we had like 50 followers on Instagram. We sent her a DM saying, do you want to be, do you want to take part in an interview? Why not ask? Yes, she might have said no, she might have said no, but if she said, if she had said no, I wasn't going to drop dead because she said no and, you know, it was game over. You just carry on, you keep going. It's just, that's what it, a lot of people get disheartened, don't they? Too early, too soon because they've had a little bit of a setback, but just do something every single day. Take one step after the next. One more, one more. And eventually you go, can I have walked a long way here? Do you know what I mean? And it's, a, that's what a lot of people fail to realize is that even if it's the smallest of steps and it's a one centimeter step every single day, eventually you're going to walk a mile and it's further than the person who never started. 100%. Um, I'm going to drop some fire now to, uh, to kind of wrap it up. But what, one thing I, I do like to, to say to people is, um oh it's just gone now where's it gone i've lost it oh yeah 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 i found it found it got it right so in terms of everything you just said and you know having having things in place and you know 
just do it and you know trying to trying to get us into a mindset of kind of doing things i think people are more fearful of what might happen as opposed to being more courageous of what could happen the fear of the unknown is plays a massive part in everybody's life and the fear of unknown for a lot of people far outweighs the what they know in their comfort zone you know because it's like what the phrase one phrase i hate is the word impossible when you say oh it's impossible for me to run 10k it's not impossible because there are hundred there are millions of people who run 10k every single fucking day like it's impossible for me to run a marathon well no it's not because 50,000 people run the london marathon every year so it's not impossible impossible means nobody has ever done it ever before and it's it's not possible like within the realms of humanity it's not possible so that you know the fear of the unknown is just <laughs> obviously it's it's easier for me to say it because i i'm in that mindset where i want to push that unknown and i want to see what's possible but you know for someone who obviously is stuck the fear of that unknown is that big dark abyss isn't it but why not why not give that new finger go why not apply for that new job why not why not send a message to that person that you like do you know what i mean and, you know do something because the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out and you go all right and carry on because whatever happens even if it doesn't work out the sun's still going to come up tomorrow like it's not the end of the world. Like if you're thinking about applying for a new job, say, and you don't get it, part of that job application is, isn't they're going to come and shoot you in the head because you failed to get the job. That's not how this society works. Do it. Just do something, whatever it is, do it. Because why not? It's like when you've, it's like when life presents two opportunities to you and people say, Oh, which one should I pick? Well, let's be honest, most of the time when you get two things and you've got to pick, you can't pick both of them. So why not just pick one because you'd never know the alternatives to the other one anyway, if that makes sense. So let's yeah, say you've got two. Yeah, of course, because you'd never know the alternative anyway. I mean, if you have two jobs that are, are willing to take you on, you can't take them both on. So take whichever feels best to you in the gut instinct side of things. Um, I've actually just got a time limit. It's the, it's the downtime one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 8 p.m downtime notification um but yeah i think i'm gonna wrap it up there because if people are still listening they're doing fucking well because we're probably about an hour into it now um well have you got any any i know we've dropped enough bombs already but have you got anything you'd like to add to, to wrap it up any mindset any tips any information any powerful quotes messages whatever it is you may have um well, I could drop quotes and messages all the time. But if they but, don't apply it, it don't mean anything, does it? Exactly. It's a action over words. Action over words every single day for the rest of your life. And, you know, one of the, I think probably taking the main points from this conversation is action over words. Cultivate your circle. Look at what you're consuming from a day-to-day, -day, whether it's your friends, you know, the media, all those sorts of things. And be ruthless with it as well. Because you can be like, oh, but I've been friends with that person for years and years and I don't want to offend them and shit like that. It's like, right, well, fucking stop whinging then and just be happy being 
bang average for the rest of your life and then don't get to 85 and complain that you've done fuck all your life. There's a quote, isn't there? It talks about um, if you're surrounded by five millionaires, you'll become the six. And if you're surrounded by five idiots, you'll become the six. So that, well, that you know, look at, look at your circle because they are, even if you don't realize it subconsciously, they have a massive impact on your life, on your outlook, on your perspective and on your sort of your mindset from day to day. If you've got negative friends, I don't care how long you've been friends with them for, fuck them off because they're not going to help you in any way whatsoever. If you've got ambitions to do something more with your life than work a nine to five till you're 65 and then wait to die. Well, the thing is energy is contagious and people don't know it. It is. It's subconsciously without realizing it, it's, it, it, it's passed, isn't it? From person to person. If you're surrounded by positive people, you'll be positive. If you're surrounded by miserable fuckers who think that the world's shit and, you know, we're all just on this rock flying through space waiting to die, you're going to feel like that as well. If you put five sad people in a room and the sixth person walks in, bouncing in, jumping around, yo, what's going on? Like the, the five people will turn around and think, whoa, what the fuck's he doing? Because that's that's not their norm. Their norm is um, the complete opposite. So, yeah, like you've just said. Yeah. So action over words, cultivate the circle and just do it. Because why do not? It. There we go. That's Where, the one question yeah, go. you should have for everything. Just why not? Every time that you, your little ego goes, oh, should we go and do that? That's the question you ask yourself. Why not? Let's go and do it. Why not? Something one of my best mates used to always say to me is, obviously apply it to the right context, but say yes more than no. Yeah, because really, what harm is it going to do? Obviously, if somebody offers you <laughs> hard drugs, say no. As the, as the famous advert goes, don't say yes to that. But say yes, even if you don't feel qualified for whatever it is that person has asked you to do, just say yes and go and learn it afterwards because you'll learn something new along the way. So, yeah, that's it's spot on that. Where can people find you? Not like in terms of where you live, I mean, like social media. Instead. I was going to say that's a very personal <laughs> question and one I'm not giving out. Um, <laughs> right, so if you want to follow me personally, don't really know why you do that because I'm boring as fuck. If you want to, if anybody wants to talk, uh, Instagram, we have to get this up actually because I get it wrong all the time. Females are listening there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Instagram, Jack Glennon underscore. And then my Twitter is Jack underscore Glennon. And then if you want to see what we're doing business wise, we are at Behind Sport on everything pretty much. Just so you know, I'll be doing commission on the uh, on the old plug there. That's fine by me. <laughs> which, which commission for which plug though? <laughs> for both females, you know where to where uh, you know where to slide. Anyway, mine are always <laughs> open too. But um, I think that is everything. Um, I think we've wrapped up here. I think we've give enough people um, a little bit of something to listen to there. Yeah, well, it's that non big chat of nonsense for an hour and some. So yeah good way to spend a Thursday night I appreciate your time because time is something we never get back in life and it's probably no, the most not. valuable asset well thank you for having me it's been good to good to rant shall we say 
no worries. Um, I am going to wrap it up there. So thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, go listen to the previous episode. Other than that, take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your week, month, year. Take it easy. Jack, I will leave you to it. I will give you a message, but thanks for that. Take it easy. Yep, and you, mate. Nice one for that.